just waiting for the little button to like flash so I can see it. Oh, there we go. Look at that. We're live. <laughs> and Rebecca's live. already first in the comments. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, Rebecca, see? I told you she'd be there. Well, I told you she'd be here. <laughs> yes. She's, She's always there right lurking in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, guys. We're back, and this is Spilling Ink. We're the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And as promised, we have another new-to-you author to introduce you to this week. And uh, let's get started, right? Yeah. How are we absolutely. doing, Jane? How was your week? Uh, pretty good. I finished a short story, and, and Rebecca has been kind enough to, <laughs> to, to beta read it twice. <laughs> All right. Okay, how many words are we talking here? Um almost 13,000. Okay. And she did it in like, like a blink. It's, it's yeah, like, I don't, I don't know how, yeah. how she does it. She's so. the fastest reader I've ever met. <laughs> yes. And, and she sends cohesive notes. <laughs> so it's like not just fast reading, but cohesive feedback. Anyway, <laughs> today we have Bibi Palomo. <laughs> Did I, did I say that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm like Palomo. I'm not sure how that happens, but. <laughs> I forget that second or that first O. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about your books? Yeah. So, um, well, my name is Bibi and I currently have two mm -hmm. published books. Um, both are published just, you know, as an indie author. So they're published through Amazon. Um, and then I have a third one on the way. So my books are pretty much all paranormal romance, uh, a lot of urban fantasy, pretty much kind of streaming the line between that new adult, young adult. Um, so I kind of venture more towards that new adult section. Um, lots of, you know, <laughs> violence and gore and <laughs> some romance and <laughs> a little bit more details than you will get in a young adult. But... <laughs> All right, we have to talk about this because we were talking about it before we went live. But you had said something about the story is actually from an old prompt you were given way, way, way back in elementary school. Yeah, so um, I remember, I mean, Village Meadows, I was in the third grade. I don't even know what the prompt was. I want to say that it was just kind of like an open concept. Um, and I was just obsessed with vampires. Like maybe Underworld was really popular around that time. I don't know what was happening, but I was like, you know, all I want to do is write about two people that are having to go through and, you know, hunt some vampires and and then one of them has to die. <laughs> like that's all I knew, and that's kind of what I ran with. So, you know, I obviously my grade. kids are probably Somebody not in this. <laughs> yeah, and then they all die. That, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so I mean, A, A plus, but she probably also was like, I gotta watch this one. <laughs> that was my third grade book, and they all die. <laughs> I just, and you know, I've always kind of been that way with reading too, as I, I felt like a lot of the books that I was reading just never really pushed that envelope. And I always wanted to go a little bit further, you know, just maybe a little bit more detail. I'm kind of, I'm a stickler for any like insta, uh, insta healing. It really bugs me. Like for some reason, I really love that like drawn out, just <laughs> like kind of humanized pain. So, <laughs> so now everybody watching also is worried about me. That's great. <laughs> Actually, the crowd that, that watches our show, I think you fit right in. Okay. <laughs> like, I think we, we've tallied up how many times Jane's killed somebody, and we're shocked when she doesn't. So, yeah, you fit right in. Yeah, yeah. she's throwing you for a loop if she's not, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, I, I did write one where nobody died. 
Did Wait. They? Yes. Did you? No. Somebody had to die. <laughs> All right. No. We're gonna have to. No, 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 no. I don't think. I don't think Rebecca could tell you. <laughs> We're gonna have to cycle back to that one because I don't think. Okay, I guess I'm reading through 61 books to figure out which one, <laughs> which one has the happy ending. <laughs> Well, some of them do have happy endings. It's just you know, you know I I do love happy endings. I'm I'm a sucker for happy ending, but you you got to be really miserable through the entire thing until you you got to work for it. You know, earn, it, earn that happy Absolutely. ending. Absolutely. <clears throat> so where do you? Well, we, we know where your your um, writing ideas for that book came from. Where do your other ones come from? Uh, pretty much all you guys, again, you're gonna think I'm nuts, but pretty much just for my dreams, I have these really just, um, really super detailed dreams. And I've always had this kind of ability. And I'm sure a lot of people have it right where you wake up and it doesn't matter if it's a nightmare, you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I have to figure out what happens next. And I can just fall right back asleep, right to the scene that I was in and then just continue through to get the ending. Um, and that's how every single story I've ever written has kind of come to fruition. So it's just, I'm dreaming about monsters and I need to get them on paper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Rebecca says me. Jane kills people, brings them back to life, gives them a happy existence, and kills them again. <laughs> They're never allowed to be too comfortable. <laughs> three people in a novella. See? Oh, you fit right in. You fit right in. <laughs> I'm I'm always looking for the, you know, what is gonna be the saddest death? And what's the one that's hurting me the most? That's probably what's gonna happen. So if you guys read my books, please don't get too invested in anybody, not even the main character, just because Ooh. I just, you know, slashing people. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love George that. George R. R. Martin. It, it feels formulaic. Like you're like, oh, I know this person's going to be the villain or this person's going to survive at the end. And it kind of lessens the drama as, as yeah. you're able to figure it out. So when it's just, hey, anybody's game, you've got a, a reason to really follow through to the end there. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And I yeah. really love kind of um, flip-flopping my villains a lot too. So I try to give them, you know, some humanity and, and maybe a good reason to be a villain. And I'm never... I, I don't know, like through my stories, I'm never super content with like what any person's position is going to be. They're always surprising me. They write the books themselves. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then it's that's safe to say fun. you're a pantser, obviously, because that's 100% pantser style of writing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, 100%. My, my beta readers hate me for it. And um, I'm sure my editor is, you know, crying every time I send her, you know, the third or fourth draft of a, of a manuscript because she knows that there's going to be something I forgot to include or um, just in what lies beyond for example um i had like cut out a sister at some point but she still ended up like towards the end and she's like where's the sister coming from I'm like oh long story <laughs> that's what makes the writing fun though when you're when you're a pantser because you're enjoying the story as you're writing it like it, it, you're experiencing it in real time whereas if you're a plotter You've already plotted everything out in advance. You know what's coming down the line. It's not to say one's better than the other, but right. I think for those of us who are pantsers, we, we can't write any other way because we need to feel yeah. it in the moment. Yes. Oh, yeah. My, my ADHD is going to stop me right at the plotting part. I, as soon as I know what's happening, I'm like, eh, it's technically written. I'm done with it. <laughs> I don't need to go back and do anything else. <laughs> and then trying to force yourself to if like you've committed to something and you have a deadline and you've got that outline that's staring you down. You're like, but I don't 
wanna. That's that's me now, and I feel like I'm I'm jumping to the scenes I know that I'm gonna have the most fun writing, and even then, it's super difficult because I know exactly what's happening. You know, I, I understand where the dialogue's coming from, um, kind of like how the scene is gonna play out, and that's really just affected my ability to to get the words on the paper. So it's like it's there. I'm still as excited, even though it's you know plotted out, but it's just my fingers aren't moving. <laughs> Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, wow. I know. I'll get, I'll get past it. I'm, I'm, you know, as a pantser, I'm also a procrastinator. So as soon as, soon as that deadline's coming up, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta do this. <laughs> let's let's turn this into a positive. Let's make the the you know ADHD a superpower here. So when you're you're pushed to the end and you have to do it, even though you're struggling, what are some of the things you can use to help yourself get through that, that slogging through the mud phase of fixing it? Honestly, I have a book writing playlist and it, it's, it kind of sounds cliche. I feel like a lot of people use that. Well, music, but for some reason, and I don't know if this is because I'm a little neurodivergent, but I um, I have to be sad to write. Like if I'm not depressed, I'm not writing good stories and it, okay. it probably, you know, plays in line with the type of writing that I do. It's not, you know, super happy and, and go lucky. But um, so I just like get myself into a really dark playlist and I feel super miserable about life, <laughs> you know, and I sit there in a comfortable chair with kind of like, you know, low lighting and I have to do a lot of um, smells. So smells are really big Ooh, for me. Yeah. Um, if a if room like is off by any any type of smell and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. So I'll kind of like, I'll get that. It sounds very much like, you know, I'm serenading myself in a way. Like I got to take myself on a date. <laughs> I got to like make sure I'm fed <laughs> and then the words will come because I know at that point that I don't want to disappoint people. So. All right. Second question to that. How often do you find yourself at the strangest hours of the night writing? Because that's the only time the creative juices are flowing. So if you um, log on to my NaNoWriMo profile, it's like, I think that it says the um, times that I write most often is like two to like 4am. <laughs> like, it's normally like I'm up in bed. I'm like, Oh, no, I got to do this. <laughs> like it's stressing me out. And I think that that's another thing with stress too, is that I tend to um, just push it off and try to forget that it even exists, you know, because if I can just pretend that it's not there, I'm not going to stress about it. And then it gets me when I like try to relax because um you know, with ADHD, it's just your brain never really shuts off. And that's the worst at night. <laughs> so that's oh. normally when I'm like, okay, if I don't, it's like an itch that you can't scratch, right? Like you have to get up, you have to get moving. And that's when the majority of my work does get done. Oh, yeah, you're speaking to me because I'm the same way. <laughs> I, I have tried and, and I work from home. So I do have a lot of daytime hours. But whenever I try to do creative stuff during the day, I can't. It's got to be dark outside. Yeah. It's got to be quiet. Everyone's got to be asleep for me to really access the creative side. I can do the, you know, the data analysis, the accounting stuff and all that kind of stuff during the day. But to be creative, I've got to have the mm. nighttime vibe. Yeah, you used to, you used to ping me at, at god-awful hours from the East Coast <laughs> when we were co-writing. And I'm like, I'm like, but it's like four here so it's got to be you know one or four or five here it's got to be this time what the hell is she still doing up i'm i'm at 11 o'clock you know 11 o'clock at night for me is late but i get up at, well it's seven now so i'm not i'm not as early as i used to be because you know 
I work right here. <laughs> My bedroom's <laughs> down there. So. <laughs> Mine is big on, you know, the vibes and, and everything. I, I feel like, honestly, the type of personality that I am, I'm kind of like, I've, I should live in like the Pacific Northwest or something, you know, just very Ooh, like gloomy yeah. and rainy and like you have like the big, beautiful trees and it's just like, that's where I'm the happiest. Um, Arizona's always sunny, you guys. So <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not doing very much rioting out here when the sun is shining, everybody's happy. I'm just like, no. <laughs> well, nobody's happy in the summer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, we're all melting. We have like eight hundred dollar AC bills, you know. <laughs> I, I'm in I'm in Vegas, so I'm like right next door to you oh, guys. Yes. I feel the same thing. <laughs> it's miserable. So I mean, what is it out there? Because it was like like 88 degrees today, and that sounds nice for some people, but for me, 88 in November. Yeah, no, no. At this point, it better be cold. Damn it! I am so sick of the heat. <laughs> I need some type of season, please. Not just like hot, less hot, and then hot again. Yep. <laughs> like, Although the nights are nice. I'm, I'm glad the nights have cooled down enough to where it really feels comfortable to put a jacket on. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, it's like, oh, come on, guys. It's almost Christmas. Why is it so hot? It's the worst. I don't know why. I'm, I'm a native. So I, I was born and raised in Arizona. And it just, my heart is like somewhere else. <laughs> Get a water-loving yeah. plant. Yeah. Yes. I kill plants. I, I have actually I'm a plant killer. <laughs> I, you don't, you don't give me living things. I'm surprised my kids are still alive. I kill plants. You don't ever give me plants to take care of. I killed succulents. And you know how hard that yeah. is? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I apologize for that. My daughter was calling and I, I texted her show. And she texted me back book. <laughs> I am <lying. laughs> So it's kind of like, stop. We call it the, the weirdest time. Mine does too. I'm, I'm surprised mine hasn't like barged in. My my teenager, she tends to just show up in the middle of me recording. And it takes a few seconds before she realizes and goes, oh, shh. Last How night dare you doing... have that much alone time? What are you thinking? Well, last night I was doing um, Joe's show. I was doing Go Indy Now's news show. And her and her boyfriend came home. And I guess she had yelled at him, shh, be quiet, be quiet. What does he do? He backs up right onto my dog's squeaky toy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my husband, 100% of the way. If if my daughter, so I have a three-year-old and it, she's a night owl. She's going to be like me. I just have a feeling. She's already kind of a mini me. She has a lot of sass. She does not get that for me though, for sure. Um, that's all my husband. I'm, I'm. That's what I keep trying to tell him at least. <laughs> so every time she's finally asleep and when I mean like she's a night owl she will be up at like eight o'clock in the morning and not want to go to bed until 11 o'clock at night and there's not I mean no naps nothing that's just how it is right and I'm like oh like Emberly, she's finally asleep can you can you be quiet and like even right now I told him like hey I'm gonna be doing a podcast like I need you to be quiet and he's like slamming dishes in there I'm just like you are the loudest person I've ever met in my entire life (laughs) (laughs) well I have the headset I have the headset on today. Last week I didn't because he wanted to listen in. He's in the other room um, because my husband knew that the author who was on last week and he's over there asking me to ask questions. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did send him the link. And if you are listening in, Jesse, stop being so loud. I can hear you. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Oh, and, yes. and Jonesy, for the week. For the week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
we'll sleep when we're dead. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I got books to write, damn it. Okay. <laughs> I got mouths to feed, books to write. Let me tell you. <laughs> <to go. laughs> I, I have Netflix the binge when I should be writing, okay? Like, I, I have a lot of things that are on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, okay. We got we to gotta touch on that, too, because we, we touched on the ADHD trying to make it a super, superpower. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about all the ways that it just completely <laughs> screws you. Like binge watching a show that, let me guess, if you're anything like me, you have to watch the entire series before you are allowed to go back to whatever you are doing. 100%. So I can't even start a show unless every single episode is out because I will get, uh, I mean, like angry if, if I cannot finish <laughs> what's happening. And that's why, like, I kind of understand why people are so uh, moody about, like, cliffhangers with books that don't have completed series because oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I feel that way. And then I go and I do that to people. How rude, right? So... <laughs> So I'm like that. I have to I have to finish everything. Um, if I found something really good and mine are always the worst. Uh, I'm like really into the like, dis like just discovery ID, you know, like your murder shows. And those are like well established sh uh, shows. So you have like 12 or 13 seasons. That's ruining my life. But I know everything about murder and how to get away with it. <laughs> you need that. That's research. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 difficult, and I actually lately I've been really stuck on um, rewatching stuff that I've already seen. So it's kind of like a comfort um, when my mind is going crazy, and I just need that you know grounding. So I'm like I'm frequently going back to Family Guy or The Office or like animes that I've seen in the past, and mm -hmm. that's the only thing that keeps me calm, even though the reason that I'm getting stressed is because I'm not actually doing the work I'm supposed to be doing and I'm uh -huh. behind. Right. <laughs> so it's just kind of, Oh, it's a double-edged sword. Yep. Yeah. I do that too. I I'm, I'll watch old series as a way to go to bed. I can't sleep in silence because the mind doesn't shut off. Yep. And I can't watch anything new to fall asleep because I have to know what happens. So I won't fall asleep. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll put on something that I've seen, you know, <clears throat> either a hundred times I know it by heart I don't have to pay attention yep. because that that just talking in the background will help me shut off the internal monologue and I can fall asleep 100%. but if it's anything interesting or anything new nope yeah yeah you can close your <laughs> eyes if you've seen the episode you know 15 times but if it's something that I mean even if I've seen it once before and I'm like oh I think I missed that wide awake like what's happening what's going on let me see <laughs> yep. yep and then when I'm working I can't have anything with words playing so no mm -hmm. lyrics if it's music it has to be you know ambient music or like soundtracks i can listen to but anything that has lyrics to it i need to know what the lyrics are saying yep and so that's a distraction it pulls me out of what i'm doing that's, that's how i am with studying so we do a lot of exams um at my job and if i i have to listen to pretty much just like jazz but it can't be anything with lyrics either and it's just got to be background to kind of like shush my mind so I can focus on like you know really boring stuff let's be honest but oh. stuff that you have to study and like pass so um but I, I try to do that with like just some of like my happy-go-lucky playlists and it just it's everything's in one ear and out the other I I can't I can't focus on any <laughs> anything more than like just one thing honestly yep yep it's that that they call it hyper-focusing as a positive and a negative, but on the positive, when you are hyper-focusing, you can't, nothing else is in existence for you. Yeah. But mm -hmm. the other side of it is you can easily switch gears and all of a sudden now you're focusing <laughs> on that other thing instead of what you're supposed to. And Oh, absolutely. I, I have, you know, I hyper-focus in clumps, like, and it's hard on the <clears> wallet, 
because I think that a lot of people will tell you when they hyper focus, they like want to they do a lot of research, right? Like you, you research every possible aspect of it and you buy the best stuff because you're like, oh, I'm really going to do this. And I'm just going to, you know, I don't know. Part of me just thinks that like capitalism has convinced me that anything that I like needs to be a job. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to like make this work and you know, I'm going to like make income off of this and it's going to be great. And then as soon as I have everything set up, I'm ready to go. Um, I'm, I'm done with it and I'm on to the next thing <laughs> right now. I'm making beanies. Everybody in my family's getting a beanie for Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. That's my hyper focus. So, I mean, they, they almost just got podcast stuff last week. So <laughs> it does help though. On the other hand, it makes you a genius because you are learning so many things so quickly. I, I feel mm. like a jack of all trade. And you know, another thing that people will tell you about hyper focusing is everybody has um, a sewing machine. I don't know if you can see like, like right here, there it is. <laughs> there, there's, there's the cricket. So that was a hyper focus. I have like yarn right here. There's a hyper focus. <laughs> so I have jack of all trades. I know a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm not a master of anything though. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can't pay attention long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Once you've mastered it to your degree of acceptance, then it's next. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but they can work for writing, though, because the more that you've researched and, and the more unique topics you know, the better you can weave them into stories that you're writing. And you can end up with some characters that have some very interesting traits or hobbies. <laughs> or... <laughs> That's true. I mean, I um, I fear the day that somebody has to look at my browsing history. So like, yeah, it, we're, all, we're all on FBI <laughs> watch lips. It's, it's really weird. Like, like you know, how, how long does it take for a body to dispose? Like, you know, what's the exact color of dried blood? I mean, at least I'm not like testing this in, like in a theory, right? I'm not like, checking it out for myself um like, <laughs> like how like how long does it take for like somebody to like decompose in water i need to know these things <laughs> like, this is important stuff but i mean i've i've at least been um very careful not to do this research while i'm working so yeah. <laughs> because i don't yeah. need my job to be like oh wait hold on <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. yeah yeah i might exactly. frown on you for that <laughs> yeah i don't know how i'd be explaining that one to my boss <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I went down the rabbit hole this last week on hacking and understanding how phishing scams are created and what coding goes into them and how they spoof their IP addresses. I was just, yeah, went really deep down the rabbit hole for one <laughs> one little tiny scene in a story that I was working on. Not even like a full chapter, just a little itty bitty scene. And I needed to know every single thing you on how this to. worked. Yeah. We, well, because we just went through a whole cyber cyber white belt study that goes through <laughs> all of that, and there's a there's a resource that that tells them about you know what are the things out there, how to how to counteract them, and everything like that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> See, decomposing the water is quite interesting. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. have to know these things, even if you even if you're only going to use it in a sentence, you still have to know it to convey it to the reader. And, and it changes in your environment. Like, is the water hot or cold? Like, you know, what's the elevation? Are there, you know, is there fish? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, apparently. 
<laughs> How to make the body appetizing for shorts. <laughs> I'm just go. saying, like, you never know. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I think for one of the stories that I was looking at, um, there, there was an interesting article I ran across about bodies turning up in the spring in the Hudson River because the, the way the current flows and if the body was in the water before the freeze happened, that's about the time that it would finally be warm enough to come up to the surface and what it would look like because it's frozen and didn't actually have time to start breaking down. Mm -hmm. yeah, Excuse me while I write this down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what's like so crazy about this stuff is if you don't do that research, um, somebody's going to know and I don't want to know how they know, but that's going to be the review I see. I promise you. <laughs> That's going to be the one star. This person didn't even know how quickly this would have decomposed. This was completely inaccurate. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, the the police officers on your on your you know, <laughs> list of people you know, the bomb specialists, <laughs> <laughs> the FBI guys, <laughs> you know, all of these things. <laughs> the the interaction or non-interaction with serial killers. Yes, I. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's all I need is a one-star review yeah. because I didn't do enough research. <laughs> they will too. I've been in the courtroom with a, with a murderer. So <laughs> yeah, that was in my early, early, early days of interning at Channel 3. They sent me into to the deliberations for the death wow. for wow. somebody. And yeah, that, that guy is very much in all my villains because he was scary. Wow. He had no soul. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, they, they need to seal them in a tin can and put them <laughs> in the ocean. But he did get he did get the death penalty. And oh, the wow. other the other trial, I was like, mm, he's not, no, he doesn't, he doesn't have that look. And he was found innocent. So <laughs> I feel like you can tell sometimes. You can just tell, yeah, like, you know, yeah. how, how dead are somebody's of the eyes. Time. Most of the time you can tell, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, Anita says, I belong to a group doctors, on Facebook yeah. for authors <clears throat> where you can ask questions on doctors regarding injuries. That's important. That's yes. great. Yes. I do have um, one of my best friends is a doctor and I am constantly texting her like, hey, like, how would you do these sutures? Like, does this make sense? You know, like if if this was the injury, what would you do to, you know, solve that? And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, nothing. Don't worry about it. You and Jesse okay? <laughs> like, oh, it's not him, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <clears throat> no, I used to do the same thing with my with my brother. I would ask him. He was a trauma nurse. Mm -hmm. And I, I would come up to him and be like, okay, I need information on this and what happens here and how would you treat this? And he loved giving me all the information. <laughs> And then you can translate that again into your story, make it more realistic. Because like you said, somebody who knows is going to be the one who reads it and goes, that was wrong. And then yeah. just completely tear your book apart for more. Well, one and you know, oh, yeah. even if you do it right, it, it's going to be done some different way. And so yeah. I, I try to not, oh, yeah. you know, worry about those too much. But, oh, gosh, those are the reviews I always seem to see first. <laughs> and you're like, oh. I don't really read my reviews too much. Anymore. I need to stop. It's it's a problem. <laughs> I, I just go, love making myself miserable, I think. I like to see the number. Yeah. <laughs> the number of, 
of reviews. No, no that's good. Yeah, the number going up is always number. a good thing. <clears throat> but I've gotten to the point where, you know, yes, I would like a good review, but my skin is so thick, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I don't know if it's age or experience or, you know, just just whatever, but you get to that point and it's like, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and it's going to be like a little bit of all. A good review still feels good. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that somebody's opinion was nice about, you know, about your book. But the bad reviews, it's just an opinion. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's opinion varies. So I might make her happy, but him miserable. Yeah. You know, or vice versa. So it's like, you know, that makes like, sense. I like Supernatural and The Boys. And The Boys <laughs> is really, you know, growing. Yeah. I love The Boys. <laughs> um, <so. laughs> and, and, you know, Katie likes Doctor Who. And she doesn't, she hasn't really gotten into Supernatural. So it's just like. She just can't, you know, meld with that show the way so, I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Can I just like touch on Supernatural um, in general? I have this really bad, and this is probably more towards like my grounding, like I need to see things that I've seen um, previously. Mm -hmm. But I tend to, on some of these shows, um, go through these phases where I need to see like all the death scenes again. So I'll go through and just like watch every time Sam died, every time Dean died. And it's just so sad. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't watch the entire show again, but I'm just like, oh, I just like, I need to like feel this emotion. I don't know. There is something um, that's so interesting to me about that emotion when it, like when you just, you've lost somebody, you think you're never going to get them back. Like it's so real. It's so raw. And I, um, and granted, like, you know, these are all shows, right? So, but it's the way that they're portrayed. I really try to take that and, um, you know, throw that into my writing because I, I want that, that rawness to kind of reflect through my words too. Mm -hmm. But then also I look like, I look like a crazy person. Like my husband, you know, it's like, you're watching just death scenes. Like you're skipping episodes. You literally Googled it. You have a list of every time this person dies <laughs> and that's all you're watching. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, Supernatural was my obsession for 15 years, so. <laughs> and maybe that's why I can't get into it, though, is because I know there's so much of it I have to watch to catch up that it's it's kind of like, oh, I don't have that time to devote to, <laughs> to getting through that many seasons, do, so my brain's just shutting off. A time, you know, I, you know it's true. Like I went that. through, like, one through six, and then I, like, took a break and then I kind of like re-went through one through six and then you know I I think that I ended up stopping at like season 10 or 11 so I haven't actually finished the show but it, it is a lot <laughs> oh no Ooh. don't say that <laughs> Ooh, you I have a book I'm supposed to be writing show, girl. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> no that was Dean yeah. not, not Sam <laughs> about fate I would have to, I need to go back because I don't, I just know that Sam like dies first. And I just remember mm. he gets like plunged in the back and it was like, it was great. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, not yeah. as great because Dean like keeps his dead body for a while, but we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the, heat, the heat of the moment Tuesday. That's the one. <laughs> Dean dies every yep. single way. Oh, like Groundhog's Day. Day. Oh my yeah. gosh, that was great. Oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, if you're ever looking for something to give you positive reinforcement, <laughs> speaking of Doctor Who, there's one scene that they get. That one. 
<laughs> oh, wait, what'd she say? This last one. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yep. Yep. Dialogue. I, I, you know what? I didn't even think it was possible because like in the first 10 seasons, the amount of deaths that happened. And I also think I'm biased because I don't really care when Dean dies. I don't know. Like I, I just care when Sammy dies. And I feel like maybe it's because he's like the baby brother and like there's just that dynamic and... I'm very particular about my deaths. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> yeah. The Groundhog yeah. Day one was about accepting fate. Okay. Yep. Okay. okay. Yep. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was Dean, yeah. Mm -hmm. On the yep. Yes. Well. I'll just smile and nod. Just. Just well, you said that there was some, some positive with Doctor Who. I've heard a lot of things about the show. I've never actually watched it, though. There's Neither one scene, one scene, and it is where the doctor takes Vincent Van Gogh into the future to show him the impact of his work. And it is such a touching scene. I cannot watch it without tears just, just mm -hmm. pouring down because it, that as the 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 doctor's talking to the museum curator and asking him what impact Van Gogh had on the, the <clears> art world. He's, you know, giving this just beautiful speech about, you know, what he did and how his work is so beautiful. And Van Gogh's sitting there in in earshot, just crying. You can oh, no. see the look. It's like it really That's amazing. Something. And it, I I can't watch it without tears. It just mm -hmm. oh. So anytime you need inspiration, that is a scene you should watch because mm -hmm. if you don't feel like your work is impactful today. Maybe in the future. It oh man, yeah. you, you guys, I'm too pregnant for that. I would I would be crying <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> That one's gonna eat me up. <laughs> okay, I, I gotta be careful which commercials come on. <laughs> oh. oh no! <laughs> and it's you know it's it's football season, so that's been rough on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, no, no. I, I have to say this because we're we're laughing about uh, Sam and Dean, but it has nothing to do with them. But dreams happen. Last night. I woke up and I was like, what the <laughs> F? <laughs> and I'm like laying in bed going, why? Why did I have that dream? I had a dream. I don't know if we were in a haunted house or not, but I was with Brian Reynolds. <laughs> I don't know why he was there. I no you don't question anything with Ryan Reynolds, okay? It just happens. <laughs> I know. And we walk outside and then all of a sudden he miniaturizes and gets in this like, like baby blue Cadillac, you know, <laughs> like looks like a Barbie car and starts driving down the rock wall that I'm walking by and it goes up to my waist <laughs> and I'm short <laughs> and, and he's driving and the car in front of him just falls off the wall <laughs> and he stops and he gets out and turns into a spider and he wants me to carry him across the driveway to the thing <laughs> and I'm like, dude, no, he's <laughs> <laughs> that's it uh -uh. I, I would have carried me and you but as soon as you said spider <laughs> I'm like you're a spider uh -uh. <laughs> if you were me you yes but you're a spider and then I woke up and I'm like why <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> I'm trying to find meaning <laughs> Yeah, I don't I gotta like open up a dream book for that one because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like where in the hell is this coming from <laughs> Okay, that's just a little, you know, <laughs> block of my dreams. I got it's nothing. Not, 
It was so, I mean, I, I'm just going to be waiting for, you know, your story about Ryan Reynolds, miniature, who has spider powers. <laughs> mini, mini Spider-Man Ryan Reynolds. I don't know. It's not furry, but hey. <laughs> but anyway, no, I, you know, I have, I have very vivid dreams like you do, you know, and I remember them, obviously. <laughs> and some of them leave me so confused <laughs> and I'm like I didn't even watch Ryan Reynolds movie yesterday <laughs> so it's like I, I have to write mine down honestly like as vivid as they are um if I think that I'm gonna remember them that's always when I'm gonna forget so I need to, I need to go and write them down and if not then I won't have that same dream for probably like a good year or two later and, and I will have like reoccurring dreams and it will kind of remind me like oh yeah like I was really interested in, in writing this down for a story and I don't know like my brain just works so weird <laughs> yeah a lot of my nightmares turn into my books yeah so you know the well, that's, worst that's a good source to pull yeah, from yeah the worst one turned into Georgia rain so I don't know Katie if you ever read that but I don't think I read that one. Um, you probably won't want to with little kids. <laughs> okay. So I almost was like, I, I'm going to read that. Oh, you said little kids. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Too pregnant still. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to like, you know, be fine with that. And not fine as in like, you know, it's okay. But like I could stomach it a lot better until I had my daughter, Emberly. Um, and ever since I had her, it's just like, I cannot stomach anything with children. It's, it just tears me up inside. Yeah. Well, it was my worst nightmare and I wrote it down and I stopped having it. So that was good. Well, that's <laughs> work through it. Yes. Yes. You know, your kids kidnapped and tortured basically. Yeah. I've always said like, just as a funny aside to that, that my youngest if she was ever kidnapped, they would bring her back with an apology note. Yes. <laughs> and I think she anybody who's met ass. my youngest would agree <clears throat> to that. Yes. <laughs> She's just a special kind of strong will. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you at this point. <laughs> oh, here we go. Rebecca says now she wants to read it. So apparently she hasn't read it yet. No, she. I don't think she's read my Steve Williams series. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, I couldn't. That that is probably one of the worst fears, though, is is your mm -hmm. children being kidnapped yep. uh, mm -hmm. by a serial killer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No. Yep. No. I I, yep. I will have to wait until all my children are mm -hmm. adults before I can yep. read that one. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that's. I don't know if that was the book that my daughter read that that scarred her, so she won't read anything of my stuff, or if it was Survival Games. I'm not sure which one she read, but. She, she will not, she read Silence because she begged me to write it because it's about my high school years. <clears throat> and, and that's the only thing she's read. So that's why I'm writing this Christmas story because she's a Christmas freak. <laughs> and I'm like, if I write this, will you read it? And she said, yes. So she, she was calling to give me the notes on the first two chapters. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, finish it. And then I'll read your notes and then I'll decide whether I'm going to incorporate it or not. I, th so. I think that, you know, I'm big on Christmas just because I'm manifesting better weather in Arizona. So mm -hmm. <laughs> my lights are out just so I can pretend like it's going to be under 80. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it needs to cool down. It really does. Oh, come up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I tried to go back east two weeks ago. 
I was in um, Georgia and North Carolina. Right. And it was colder in Vegas during that time yeah. than it was out there. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot and sticky here, right? Oh, no. <laughs> like, what as the a, hell? As opposed to, you know, hot and dry. <laughs> no, we're supposed to get, I don't know if we're supposed to get snow tomorrow. Oh. Snow showers. So it's fucking cold. I'm jealous. <laughs> I did say send some loud. of it our way please <laughs> just just a little bit just enough <laughs> it's hilarious okay. because people from our area <laughs> when it snows or when it rains you can definitely tell that we are not used to seeing it because everyone's like oh my god yes. water falling from this Stopped on the freeway like on social media look guys water snow oh my i you know i was a very dramatic child i grew up in uh tonopah arizona and it is so bloody hot out there it's just it's all like you know country town and you have like a general store and kind of like the you know this place called the tin top which was like the only restaurant and um then you so we had an elementary school and then um my high school got built i think like maybe like two years before i entered high school so my graduating class was like 73 people or something like that but Anyways, I digress. So um, we lived down a really long dirt road. It was probably about like a mile, maybe a little bit longer than that. And my bus couldn't go all the way down. So there was like this kind of like turn that they would take and drop me off. And I would be walking through the desert just like, I, I mean, I would be like crying. It'd be mixing with my sweat. And I'm like, God, please just let it snow. Like, I swear I'll be good. Like, it's so, and it's so hot. And, and my backpack's like hitting me. And, like, you know, back then you like wore your backpack really low. So it would like hit you in the back of the knees. I don't know why that was a style, but like, so it's like if anybody like drove past me, they probably, oh, it was just miserable. I was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in Connecticut. So <laughs> I'm like, in the summer, our hairs got kinky because it was so hot and sticky, and winter <laughs> it was cold and icy. <laughs> no, I, I hate the start of the school year because they go back to school in August, <clears throat> and it is still so freaking oh, hot sure. that yeah. we are sweating, dripping sweat just on the walk into the school. Not even walking to school. Parking in front of the school and walking in, we're dripping in sweat. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, I, I can't stand it. I like, I'm still just as <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like Anita. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone in Canada is going, isn't that sweet? I keep a lot of different, um, you know, pretty much like any states that I have, um, like family members or friends. And I, I keep that on my like weather forecast. I um, have some friends out in like Australia and New Zealand. So I keep them on there so I can kind of stay in um, like stay in tune with their time zones. And I, you know, especially during this time, I'm just scrolling to make sure that I'm extra miserable. Like I think Minnesota was like set the snow today. Um, so they were, I, and I think that they were getting their first snow today. I don't know if it actually did. I need to confirm, but it's just, I, I, I look at those and it's always like when I'm in the sun, the sun's like beating down on me. I'm just like, why am I here? Like, why have I never made this jump? <laughs> oh, we're, we're being reminded by uh, one of our visitors on Facebook. What was the topic for tonight? Apparently we've gotten too far. 
riding in all kinds of weather yeah. and dreams. And dreams <laughs> we're and we're extra focused on ADHD, story. apparently. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's the ADHD again. We moved to weather and we couldn't get off of it. <laughs> well, because right after that, I like turned and I could have swore that my light was flashing. It's like, I don't know if it looks like it's flashing, but I'm like, my house is haunted. So, oh. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see that, but I, I swear I'm seeing it. It's stressing me out. <laughs> I saw that. I don't see it. There it goes again. Oh, yes. There it is. <laughs> okay. So oh. speaking of haunted, I found out through Facebook, of all places, that there's a show that I guess is being remade in the U.S., but originally started in, in uh, the U.K. called Ghosts. And mm -hmm. it's the same cast that did Horrible Histories, which I absolutely love. Um, I'm a British TV nerd. Mm -hmm. And... I've been watching that now this week. That's my new obsession is to watch the whole series of ghosts because it's adorable. So what you definitely all? should <laughs> watch it. See ghosts? It's a, this couple inherits a house that is haunted by ghosts mm -hmm. and they want to turn it into a and b and it's this like big, big manor house and the ghosts are all insane. They're hundred uh, <laughs> percent insane. And the wife in the couple <clears throat> hits her head and suddenly starts being able to see and hear the ghosts. So she's going crazy trying to deal with these crazy ghosts while her husband has no idea what's going on. And it's just so funny. I actually think I've seen commercials for that. There's an American version now too, apparently, but original, the BBC mm -hmm. version was the original one. And it's from the same cast that did Horrible Histories, which if you haven't seen that, it's like Saturday Night Live teaches you history. It's oh. so freaking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen Horrible History, so now I'm gonna have to check that one out. <laughs> like it's meant for kids, but honestly, it's so adorable. <laughs> I really love it. Um, but yeah, the same cast. So I loved the cast and, and watching the, B the BBC version, it's like, oh my god, I love this. This is perfect. I, I need something to binge watch because I'm I'm too deep in these murder mysteries. So <laughs> I need to pull myself out a little bit. Well, so if you have HBO Max, that's where <clears throat> the BBC version is. Okay. And then I don't know if Horrible Histories is still on Netflix, but it used to be they had all, I think, six seasons on Netflix. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I have all those things. I, I waste all my money on streaming services. So, <laughs> okay. See, and now this is your new excuse for not writing. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, on the writing note, what do you read between writings or, or read to get inspiration? Oh man. So I have like a huge TBR back here in, um, in the corner. So I've not been doing a lot of reading lately, but I've been trying to mix it up with um, like popular books on book talk, but really just anything that keeps me in that like urban fantasy, paranormal romance type of genre. Um, I, I love reading that stuff. If I can, I have to go through some reviews to um, just to find some that like maybe speak a little bit more toward. I, okay. So I always go to like the bad reviews on books because I find that the bad reviews are normally what convinces me that I want to read the book because yeah. everything that they hate, I'm like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I need. So, so I've been doing a lot of that. And I, I do go back and read some of like um my favorite books. Like my favorite book is The Outsiders. I just I'm obsessed with it. I've read it probably like 50 times. I just thought that it was a really great story. I loved like how just heartfelt it was. And again, you know, the death, <laughs> the dying was good. <laughs> I try to do that. Um I also when I read um like the the oh my gosh the Lux series from uh jennifer uh, armentrout so i really like going back to those ones those were like kind of what 
I feel like propelled me into um, reading more in like my teenage years. And it's just like a really great young adult, like, you know, alien type of romance. And so I, I go back to like the things that I know already. So it's kind of that same thing. <laughs> mm. You know, so lately I've been just, you know, picking up other books um, from other writers from, from the groups I'm in because I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm posting promos for the box that I'm, I'm going to be in next year. And I see these books, I'm like, ooh. And then I read, you know, in one group, they write reviews on them. And I'm like reading it. I'm like, ooh, that sounds really good. I picked up the book and I read, you know, all four of them. They're out. <laughs> and now I'm reading for the fifth one. I'm like, why? Yeah. I didn't even look to see it with a complete set. But I, I devour them. I'm, I'm a fast reader like Rebecca. So I devour them in between while I'm, you know, waiting. But, oh, yeah. It, I'm doing a lot of beta reading right now. I think that that's where a majority of my reading's coming from. So yes. uh, I use like uh, swaps with people a lot and try to go through that. And and I love doing that, honestly, because it's normally people that are writing in very similar genres as me. And then like that always inspires me too, um, especially when I'm reading stuff that I just I, really, I, I feel like anytime I read anybody else's work, I'm just like, oh, that's, that's how you are an author. Like, you know, like I need to get to your level. So it really inspires me to kind of like kick my uh, writing up a notch. And I, I love that stuff. <laughs> so I, I do a lot of swaps right now in general. Um, but right. So I was talking to you about having a friend in Australia. So we do a lot of back and forth and she's so encouraging. Um, uh, BL Callahan. So I love reading her stuff. It's very like high fantasy, but the way that she writes is just Oh, I don't know. It's, it's it flows so well. She has like these beautiful sentences, and like you know when you read something, you're just like, if it wasn't weird to write this down, <laughs> like yeah. try to utilize this in a way, I would because it's just it's so amazing, and it always is just really inspiring to me to watch how other people are able to put words together and just create this beautiful scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I'm sort of I'm trying to pick different books and different genres that I think I'm going to, you know, head towards. And and it's it's quite nice to to see a beautifully written book. Mm -hmm. It also makes you feel a little, you know, like an imposter. Oh, okay. I'm like, damn, that's so beautifully written. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> oh, no. I completely understand that feeling. I, I think that like imposter syndrome for me is probably the one thing that um, keeps me back from writing. So, and it's like, you know, it's always in your head. You are your worst en enemy, right? And it doesn't matter if I have strangers telling me like, I really love this. Like, I thought it was so great. I'm just like, who paid you to say that? <laughs> like, who are you? Do you know somebody in my family? <laughs> like, yeah, Isn't that funny yeah. how we go to disbelief when, when somebody says something nice instead of being like, oh, thank you. That's great. No, instantly it's you're like, like no, you're, you're lying and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. How dare you? I want you to go back and do one star review because I know it's trash, you know, <laughs> like, and I don't know why like we have to be like that and maybe it's just, you know, part of that creative energy and. And, you know, authors and, and actually really anybody that's in like a creative field, like artists in general are so hard on themselves, like so much harder than any anybody's ever going to be on them. Like, even if like you have somebody that's going out there and their desires to make you feel like crap about yourself, they are never going to make you feel worse than you make yourself feel. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, 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 I 
melt when somebody says nice things <laughs> about it. But it's just like there is the little disbelief in mm -hmm. my head, you know. And, and I'm probably more laid back about that than most authors. Katie will tell you. <laughs> so yeah, I'll just keep writing. You know, yeah. I want I want more sales, but. <laughs> Yeah, if, if I'm like, you know, raking in more than $3 a month, I'm like, this is success, you yeah. guys. <laughs> I've made it. I can make a car payment. <laughs> I always like seeing it when you get a sale in like another country. It's like, oh my God, my book's gone that far. That's yep. so exciting. <laughs> like that's almost as good as getting a good royalty check. <laughs> yeah, no. I think I like fainted a little bit uh, just because like one of the... Um, so I've, I've been trying to get like in TikTok because that's where like a huge shift has been happening. Um, and, you know, Barnes and Noble has like each of their stores make their own TikTok accounts. And so one of them followed me and I was just like, do you guys know who I am? I am <laughs> <Like, I'm> nobody. <laughs> I cannot get my, my brain wrapped around TikTok. I know everybody else says it's so easy and it's fun. And it's not. For me, it's like, it's another job. There's already how many social media is. accounts. It's you know, a honestly, strange universe to me. And, you know, I'm old and it's strange. <laughs> so, you know, Vine was super popular when I was younger. And I feel mm -hmm. like because I was so invested in Vine, I never did Vine videos, but it was very similar to how TikTok is, you know, done. So I feel comfortable in watching them. And when it comes to creating my own content, like I pretty much only do um, not voiceovers, but they have like the sounds, mm -hmm. right? And I just like move my lips to the sounds and like try to make that uh, correspond with something writing related. But like, I, I don't create any of that stuff myself. <laughs> like my brain does not work that way. Okay. I had a panic attack when I realized this podcast was on video and not just on microphones. So like, <laughs> I was like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> See, for me, this is this is okay because it, in my mind, I'm just here with you, you two, and we're just having a conversation. Right. I, I don't think about what's up. going on out there and, and that makes it easy. And yes, I'm, there are comments that come in, but for, you know, for what we're doing for our interaction, really, it's just me and you guys. Well, I, I mean, I'm surprisingly um, introverted. I know that a lot of people don't believe it because I spend a lot of my energy trying to convince people otherwise. Um, I like I've had tons of interactions where they're like, I no, there's no way like you are totally extroverted. I'm like, no, I just work really hard to fit in. <laughs> like, And when I'm done with this, I am going to crash out. Like I'm definitely going to bed right after this because I'm going to be so exhausted from trying to feel normal. <laughs> I'm an extrovert, but I'm a, a quiet extrovert. <laughs> well, I don't know. Am I quiet? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sort of like a unicorn <laughs> in, the, in the writing world. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's good, though, because you can use that to your advantage. I feel like um, that's that's also like another thing that I struggled with a lot, you know, putting myself out there and, and uh, publishing my work is being introverted, not really having almost the capacity to like put myself out there to market to talk to people to talk about my book. Like if you ask me what my book's about, I'm like, Oh, I don't know, vampires. <laughs> like, I don't even remember I wrote it, you know, and it's just because like, as soon as I'm in front of people, my brain shuts down. And it's just like, like you guys can't see, but I'm sweating like crazy over here. Okay. <laughs> like... I always, 
even if it's cold in here, I always get a little shiny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm red and splotchy. <laughs> I may be an extrovert, but I'm not a public speaker. The, I, I don't do well in public spaces. You know, in meetings that I have, I can run them. That's easy. But if I had to give, give a presentation, I forget words like that. It's mm -hmm. just scary. And I'll be like, See, I'm the other way around. I can do a presentation, no problem, with tons of people around. But if I have to do any kind of other communication with a lot of people around, I clam up. I say the wrong thing. Stick my foot straight into my mouth. I need to have like that scripted. Here's what I'm saying. You guys are going to listen. It's all good. I mean, I can definitely read off of a script. But don't ask me to make eye contact. Like, don't ask me to like not shake. I'm like this is me literally <laughs> the entire time. Normally my voice is gonna be really like shaky and um I probably threw up beforehand. So <laughs> I had I had when I was at a writer's conference once, one of the one of the uh agents that got up to speak, I saw her afterwards. I said, How do you do that? How do you make that look so easy? And she looks at me, she goes, I took value before I came. <laughs> Okay. She said, otherwise, I would be like throwing up. Yes. <laughs> I get it. I get so it. It's not just me. Oh, no, that's hilarious. Actually, my husband did ask me, like, are you are you going to take any of your medicine before you do this? I'm like, you you remember I'm pregnant right now, right? Like, I can't just take medicine for this anymore. He's like, oh yeah, well, just hang in there. You're going to do good. <laughs> And then, you know, I log on an hour early because I don't know what time zone I'm in. And <laughs> we forgot. I mean, last week we talked about this. And then, and then you know, I'm just like. <laughs> oh, I was stressed because I saw five and I'm like, oh, five's coming up quick and we're not in here and I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and that oh, is, that is nightmare inducing. It is. Yeah. You've got to well, have it. <laughs> You gotta ease yourself in. You can't just be I, like, All right, I really not. have to. And I I went upstairs and I like told Jesse about the whole thing. And he's like, Oh, I mean, that's good. You have some more time. I'm like, No, you don't understand. Now I have to go through the whole stress process all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's doubled. It's so Hopefully true. It hasn't been stressful. No, it's been wonderful. And like, that's kind of the thing. And, and you know, this comes with so. Um, a lot of people that suffer with ADHD, their like corresponding symptoms are um, pretty severe depression and anxiety. So it's it's kind of like just how the ball rolls, right? So it's like I'm really nervous beforehand. I'm nervous in the beginning. And then you kind of get warmed up and you get in that flow. And then when it's done, you're exhausted, but you're also so happy that you did it. And I'm the same way with going out. So I'm introverted. I like to stay inside. But if somebody forces me out to go like hang out with friends or something, I'm never sad that I went out, right? Like it's always been like a good experience and I'm happy that I've done it. I'm ready to be home. But, you know, so it's just, it's part of my life. I just, I kind of need to chalk it up to me being me at this point. <laughs> my favorite uh, introverted moment. Uh, I was at a convention with a group that we were all tabling together and we'd had a great day. We don't, you know, been on it the whole day because you have to be on it. You have to like turn that switch on and be ready to deal with people. And after the day was done, we all got back to the hotel and for a good 30 minutes, we all just sat in place. <laughs> on our phones winding down talking. Not talking to each other and somebody one of them snapped a picture and it was like yep this is perfect and nobody had to say a word for that like good 30 minutes everyone was just have to be depressed yeah yeah, yeah.
I'm, I'm the same way. Um, it's actually the same too when I have to go back for like work trips. And, you know, I spend a week back east and I am like up, I go to work, I, I'm like on it, you know, I'm super talkative and happy and I'm introducing myself to everybody. And then I go straight back to the hotel and I sleep for like 12 hours. <laughs> and then I just go and do it again, you know. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've, I've gone to conventions or like fall face forward into the mattress when I'm done. Don't wake me up until the morning and then I'll get up and I'll be able to go again because I know I have to. Yeah. But oh, that, that time is just dead to the world. And it's it's funny, too, because you're surrounded by people that feel the same way and it doesn't necessarily make it better. Like it doesn't make it any worse, but it doesn't solve the fact that that's how you're going to feel. Yeah. See, I do this and then I want to go out and party. <laughs> You are definitely extroverted. Yeah. It's like at, at the conferences, I loved the interaction with people, and I just, you know, kept on, you know, and then you'd stay up too late and you know, have too, many, too much to drink and dancing like a fool. And oh, I mean, so let's let's just get this straight. Like, like drunk me is extroverted. Okay. <laughs> like, like drunk me has her own name, her own personality. I don't know her. She just kind of like shows up. Right. So, like, but she'll be out and she'll be fine. But like, you know, sober me, it just, this is kind of like who I've always been. And I think it stems from a lot of different things. And then it's, you know, also just, I guess what I was blessed with or cursed with, whichever one you want to believe. <laughs> sober you has to pay for drunk use problems too. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is that. <laughs> Yes. So sober me has to get up in the morning and go to the conference again. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't, you know, I, I can't drink the way I used to. And ever since I had my first daughter, it's just, it's kind of gone downhill from there. So it's like one beer and I'm already like, Ooh, you better <laughs> don't be crazy. Okay. So we have um like these AZ or um, mobile medics that come out and they give you like, like an IV and they'll do like, you know, all these vitamins and stuff, which really help with that. And so I, I don't drink very often, but anytime that I have been able to go out and like, it's kind of like my time to try to relax. I always call them up the next day. Like, please help me. <laughs> and like, it's not like I'm drinking a lot. Right. So it's like, I'm not going crazy with shots. It's just like a couple mm -hmm. drinks, but I just, I can't, I can't hang anymore. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Age. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't ready. It snuck up on me. <laughs> All right. Well, we have come up on our hour. So before we go, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and your books? Yes, absolutely. So I am, um, you know, on Instagram, I'm on TikTok occasionally. My books are on Amazon, but they are also available on Barnes and Noble, the book depository. Um, and then you can go to my website, authorbbpalomo.com and everything's listed there as well. Awesome. Awesome. And Jane, anything before we go? Any updates? Um, Two books in December. Oh my God. One's a Christmas <laughs> special. <laughs> a Christmas surprise. I can't and wait to the, see that one. And then the third one in the Dragon uh, oh, Season of the Dragon that. series. Wait, is that is that this one? one? Yes. Yeah. Dragon. Oh Dragon. my gosh. Yep. Yep. These so covers. Good. I know. <laughs> we could talk another hour about that. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us this week, guys. And we hope everyone who's out there watching had a great time with us. We'll be back soon with more fun authors to introduce you to and some more crazy conversation. And thank you, BB, for hanging out with us today. You were wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a blast. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>